0: University of California Television presents this podcast of Lunch Poems, featuring May May Bersenbrucke. This program from UC Berkeley's Noontime Poetry Reading Series was recorded in April 2006. For more information about this and other UCTV programs, visit us online at www.uctv.tv. Enjoy the presentation. There was a uh, uh a photographer named Gary Winograd uh, who um, would um, love to take pictures at random on the streets in New York and other places. And I had a friend who um, found her picture in one of his books that he had shot at random without her knowing it. And then, ten years later, she found another picture of herself that had been shot at random. So, um, there's a reference to that here. This um, poem is called The Swan. In a way it's about, uh, like, the, the way des- desire can freeze and melt like ice, and the images of ice. He calls it their stage, which echoes our first misrecognition of unity. Instances of false unity he calls the imaginary. And he locates in them sites of her dreams out of which she is able to want him. The way stage lighting can be a story by itself. Now she makes time for a story. Not coming from her or her coming from her story, but both from before. Seeing a flock of birds fly up from a frozen pond while you stand in the wind instead of hearing wind about to arrive across a huge space, so that her train passes a lagoon in Connecticut, and she sees swans swimming at the edge of ice piled against the shore, feminine swans. Remembering what I heard you say, and fixing my desire for you simultaneously, a meaning of instability, not hesitance, holds you and the swans accountable for making the desire. Although the meaning of the desire existed prior to being desired. Truth effects produced within a dream, neither true nor false in themselves, operate through repetition to convey an illusion of truth or meaning which may be the constant sum of varying systems of dreams, like birds startling from a cottonwood tree and wind about to arrive, or your seemingly high standards for truth, considering that where femininity is concerned, similar effects yield various meanings, as when a woman photographed on two separate occasions on the street at random by a famous photographer who's dead now, still finds herself in a purely theoretical relationship with herself in relation to him, which she refuses to merge with the intermediacy of real light. That immaterial matter truly leaves objects their own places. Lighting and illuminating them. Therefore, she pays attention to absurd and trivial details where her desire dissolved, among all sorts of things that happened, both in the present and in general. So, her focus on absurdity appears to be a spontaneous part of the desire itself, where coincidence and nonsense merge in a lover until the sky would look on you as a composite of video monitors on surfaces slowly disintegrating into ice swans, which resemble, for example, an opera house. Finally, one must sort of drop one's reserve, which could be a kind of definition of physical beauty, without which no transformation takes place, such as if you were a mother, the interval between the child and you. This is analogous to her own physical beauty. It dominates but does not determine its own content or its experience because the dream was not a concept but a means of generating experience. So that the mother and I desire, but the child is a desire. In spite of the child being physical. A flock of birds flying up acquires the shape of her arcs across the ice. A mirror stage echoing our first misrecognition, or the imaginary, to look again, and then look. So if he says, or she says, my dream about you is older than my knowing you, does that mean it was dreamed before your meeting him or her? The meaning of the dream existed prior to the dream and then I met you and then I dreamt about you, gratifying an enigma that was solved and then posed with the resulting fullness in the dreamer as with a child to replace himself or herself or as verisimilitude on stage. Its story is light that moves from cue to cue as over ground. It resembles an arm reaching out to defend you at a sudden stop, but is rhetorical. The way your arms, full of white da- down, inscribe an immense volume above the ice. <laughs> uh, the the poem called "Nest is the title poem to one of my collections, and uh, it's uh, takes the idea of being born and having the mother your your own mother tongue and your mother's mother tongue being different from each other uh, and uh, it's a poem in five parts. Uh, I was exploring some of the ideas about um, immigrants and people who, who um, uh, are no- nomads or people who have, don't have homes or people who move to find a new home and what, what they make that, that kind of home out of. Um, and some of the relationship with language. And uh, this poem is... a. Was dedicated to um, Gayatri uh, Chakraborty Spivak, uh, who was a person who uh, gave great depth to some of these ideas. Nest. My mother tongue, Chinese, has an immemorial history before me. I was inserted into it, a motive for my language. I learned it naturally, filling it with intention and will leave it without intent for other children. My mother and I speak local language and sometimes our mother tongue, as in my dream, with its intent. What to intend in changing the mother tongue of my daughter? Compassion, not being ill, sleep in which a daughter resonates depth like a bell. Loving the wind is equivalent to intention as rhetorical surface, like writing my diary on her skin. Non-comprehension tips ambivalent matter as if there were two of us here. One is Kuan Yin, one is mother tongue. Her matter, inserted, a motive, is always somewhere else. Exiting one language, another without intent, translated as heart, I want to tell you what's difficult to admit, that I left home. Change of mother tongue between us activates an immunity, margin where dwelling and travel are not distinct. Artifacts throw themselves toward light without becoming signification. Telling you is not an edge of the light. There's no margin of a shadow to imply interior. In my childhood house was a deep porch covered with vines. Look past our silhouette to silhouettes like shadows of guests arriving in a bright yard. Light in the next room falls on her as she bends to kiss you. Skylight pours down then covers the mud wall like cloth. I observe a lighted field seem to hang in space in front of me. Speaking, not filling in, surface intent is a cabinet of artifacts, comparisons, incongruity. My origin is a linguistic surface like a decorated wall. No little houses at dusk, yellow lights coming on, physical, mute. Its significance is received outside hearing, decorating simply by opening the view. Wherever I look is prior absence, no figure, ruin escaping an aesthetic, hammock, electric fan, ghost don't qualify as guards. The comfortable interior my guest inhabits is a moving base, states of dwelling undetermined, walls cross-hatched like mother tongue. The foreign woman occupies a home that's impersonal, like the nest of a parasite. Its value is contentless, but photographable in the context of an indigenous population, tipping between physical ease and the freedom of animals accumulating risk. When the scene is complex, I turn to the audience and comment aloud, then return to room and language at hand, weakened by whoever didn't hear me, as if I don't recognize the room because my family moved in while I was away. Text imbricated with outside, a wall is waves. So I decorate in new mother tongue, plasticity of fragment, cool music, There is a lock in it, of the surface. It still lights apricots in bloom, leaves, skins of organisms, horizon, borders that represent places. A margin can't rot. No bloated outlined around memories of witnesses, the way origin in the present is riddled with holes. Pick one and slip through it like a girl whose body is changing. Domestic space oozes light through a loophole, mother to mother, so close I can't catch it through myself. My family is vulnerable at the margin. Child, line of a cheek diffusing energy, line of her eye extending an inner look, Don't let her ooze through loopholes we inhabit like migrants. Light drifting across five windows on the river, drifting, functioning as imagination, so intimate our space seems anonymous. Furnishings, colors are sumptuous in relation to anonymity. Textiles like money, I feel the right I feel the right to have my invitation accepted an open house guests appear in other places for other occasions with my invitation pleading for the secular the empathic speaking an artifact creates a loophole for no rapport no kinship no education, on a frontier where wild is a margin of style, and rhetorics outside that. In this case, she'd immigrated long ago, so they tried to stay with her as a family. Speech opens onto a lost plane, then contracts to a diffuse margin between metaphor for space and concept of drunk, ill, running away. Her story begins aesthetically, but hysterical acts withdraw it to a floating space of frustration, unself, and a paranoid husband is produced. Her words are high-handed, awkward, formal. He hears them as expressions of personal pique and self-indulgence, but won't say she uses power unfairly in the pose of unhappy mother. Such topics are prohibited, Except at the kitchen table, in the car, etc. It said, illustrious persons lead parallel lives which join in eternity. But some lives veer off the straight path to community. So I speak with care, but prove authority won't take me far because the area's too large. In this daughter, you see more than I did at your age because you see me. Uh, the title of the poem is um, a, n- a newer poem called I Love Artists. It's in four parts. Uh, the third part um, uh, cites uh, Bruce Nauman's. Uh, video piece of um, where he set a camera up in his studio at night um, before he went to bed and photographed all the things that happened at night. Uh, uh, Moths and cats and mice. I go to her house and talk with her as she draws me, or knits, so it's not one-on-one exactly, blue, tattooed stars on her feet. I pull the knitted garment over my head to my ankles. Even if a detail resists all significance or function, it's not useless precisely. I describe what could happen what a person probably or possibly does in a situation. Nothing prevents what happens from according with what's probable, necessary. A chance occurrence is remarkable when it appears to happen by design. Telling was engendered in my body and fell upon me, like a battle skimming across combatants, a bird hovering. Beautiful friends stopped dressing, there was war. I'd weep, then suddenly feel joy and sing loud words from another language, not knowing my song's end. I saw through an event, and its light shone through me. Before, indifference was black nothingness, that indeterminate animal in which everything is dissolved, and white nothingness, calm surface of floating, unconnected determinations. Imagine something which distinguishes itself. Yet that from which it distinguishes does not distinguish itself from it. Lightning distinguishes itself from black sky, but trails behind as if distinguishing itself from what espouses it. When ground rises to the surface, her form decomposes in this mirror in which determination and the indeterminate combine. Did you know finally there was not communication between her and myself? Communication was in time and space that were coming anyway. I may suffer if I can't tell the agony of a poisoned rat, as if I were biting. Bruce leaving for the night makes space for his cat to enter. Mouse left exits door and returns. Moth and mouse on sculpture exit left noise. It's an exterior relation like a conducting wire, light fragment by fragment. I realize my seeing is influenced by him, for example, when we change form and become light reaching into corners of the room. Even now we're slipping into shadows of possessions that day by day absorb our energy. I left my camera on to map unfinished work with shimmering paths of my cat now disappeared. Mice and moths, now dead. There's space in a cat walking across the room like pages in a flip book. The gaps create a reservoir in which I diffuse my embarrassment at emotion for animals. I posted frames each week then packed them into suitcases, the white cat and her shadow, a black cat. I named her Watteau, who imbues with the transitory friendship we saw as enduring space in a forest. This is the last section. A level of meaning can be the same as a place. Then it moves to your destination or person along that plane. Arriving doesn't occur from one point to the next. It's the difference in potential. A throw of dice which necessarily wins since charm as of her handcrafted gift affirms chance. I laugh when things coming together by chance seem planned. You move to abandon time brackets, water you slip into, what could bring a sliding sound of the uh, perimeter of a stone. You retain early and walking as him in space. When a man becomes an animal, with no resemblance between them, it feels tender. When a story is disrupted by analyzing too much, elements can be used by a witch's need for disharmony. My advice to you is, don't get lost too deep in need, unless you're going to join the witches. Creation is endless. Your need would be as if you were a white animal pulling yourself into a tree in winter. And your tears draw a line on the snow. So I'm, I'm going to finish with one section of a, a poem called Concordance. Uh, And I think it's talking about the the kind of books that are parallel text to another book. Uh, It uh, was inspired by a a bookmark that the artist Kiki Smith made um, of a milkweed. And for her, because reading doesn't come easily to her, she thought reading was like the fluff from the milkweed um, diffusing to fill a space, and uh, um, she and I have made a have made a co- collaboration of the, um, of this poem. That's a book that Kelsey Street is publishing. Um, writing encounters one who does not write. And I don't try for him, but face-to-face draw you onto a line or flight like a break that may be extended, the way milkweed filling space above the field is like reading. Then it's possible to undo misunderstanding from inside by tracing the flight or thread of empty space running through things, even a relation that's concordant. Seeds disperse in summer air. Sun rays cease to represent parallel passages in a book that is not coming from what I see and feel. Relation is in the middle, Relay, flower description to flower becoming of my eye between light and heart. Now information has released imaginative function from authors. I send an interrupted line over the top of space, past the middle cinematically, when you can no longer stand what you put up with before. At night part of her numbed to pain and part woke to what occurred. Working backward in sleep, the last thing you numb to is what wakes you. What if that image were eros as words? I write to you and you feel me. What would it be like if you contemplated my words, and I felt you? Animals, an owl, frog, open their eyes, and a mirror forms on the ground. When insight comes in a dream, and events the next day illuminate it, this begins your streaming consciousness, synchronicity, Asymptotic lines of the flights of concordances. An owl opens its eyes in deep woods. For the first time I write and you don't know me. Milkweed I touch floats. Thank you. You've been listening to a podcast from University of California Television. For more information about this and other UCTV programs, visit us online at www.uctv.tv.